I'm happiest in the saddle. <laughs> A fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit-chat? A-hole. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee, and this episode marks the third and final installment of our review of 2019. As advertised, we will be focusing on all things Star Wars. First up is our main review of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, where George and I share our thoughts on Episode 9, and after that, I will be sharing my thoughts on the latest Star Wars video game, Jedi Fallen Order. Obviously, with the film still in cinemas at the time of recording, at any rate, this episode comes with a spoiler warning of galactic proportions. So if you've not seen the film yet and don't want it to be spoiled, please go ahead and watch it before listening to this because we talk about everything to do with The Rise of Skywalker and obviously because it's the last part of the trilogy, we go on and discuss all things to do with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. So uh, I think that's everything. Oh yeah, in terms of audio quality, this episode was recorded long distance, so it's not of the usual high standard. It doesn't really affect things. It's just really my side of the conversation um, kind of sounds like I'm calling into George's radio show. Uh, but as George does most of the talking, it shouldn't affect your listening pleasure. So, without further ado, here is the episode. Enjoy. Good people will fight if we lead them. keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do. Long have I waited. And now, you're coming together. So, George, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. We went and saw this together, didn't we? We did. We um, we were both very patient. We weren't actually able to catch up with each other, obviously with us being in, in different countries, uh, until I think we, we didn't see this until New Year's Eve. Um, so, yes, I think you and I were, you know, we deserve a pat on the back for avoiding any spoilers and basically trying to keep away from social media. Just turned off my phone for three weeks. Well, I, yeah, I just ignored uh, Twitter mainly. I even tried putting on uh, mute words on my Twitter, but I think still some stuff got through. But any time sort of something popped up, I was like, ah. Avoid. Avoid, avoid my eyes, my eyes. So, yeah, and we saw this in IMAX 3D. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, I think I, I don't know where, where's where's a good place to start. Should we talk about what we what our feelings were from from seeing this film? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's um, it's important to state that you know it's a, become a bit of a family tradition. You know, it wasn't just you and me. We we brought you know McGee Senior along, um, our father, Mr. Raymond McGee. And we also had our, our brother-in-law and our nephew, so it was a big family outing. And I think we've we've seen all the the Star Wars films uh, at the cinema, you know, together. It's almost like a Christmas outing, um, all, all these new ones, anyway. So yeah, obviously we we're bringing some sort of emotional baggage, and that's that's not even emotional baggage to Star Wars. I suppose it's just as a as an experience. And I think that counts for a lot when you go to see a film with your family, you know, it's like different. It means more. Yeah. I mean, just on a, on a side note, I mean, I, I think we both did um, for last Jedi because it came out earlier in December. I think it was released at the start of December. No, uh, we, last, we, yeah, we, we saw we it both, separately. And we both saw it alone. I'm assuming. Cause, cause I can't imagine you dragging your wife to see it. No, well, I mean, there were other people in the cinema. I don't like <laughs> that, to consider that, that, myself that I, alone. That I made my wife. <laughs> I mean, I had to, there was a point in it, you know, when, when Leia's using the force that I asked the guy next to me to just to pinch me, just to check what's screaming. <laughs> just, just when you squeezed his knee out of, out of excitement. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, so we saw that film separately. And um, I, I think quite a shame. I would have loved to watch that film with you just to see your reaction to... Uh, we're spoiling that film as well now, by the way. Uh, but, you know, uh, just when Yoda turns up and it was puppet Yoda and there were so many things in that film that were like controversial, grating, annoying, but satisfying. There were some yeah. satisfying points in it. I think there's just two things just to probably set the tone for this episode. First off, I think the one word I said to you when we were leaving the cinema after watching the film was safe. That okay. this was very safe edit it was a very safe film that disney had put together so much fan service yeah and i think i was like yeah it's it's a it's trying very hard to be a crowd pleaser isn't it and george is going to go into more detail about that but the other thing uh that i think i will never forget and this was for me the real experience of going to see this film in imax and for me it was the highlight of the evening um it was the tenet prologue that we got to watch oh the the christopher nolan teaser that stuck with me made me think about that was the thing that i remembered from that evening from that family outing to see (laughs) stars was that because it was filmed in imax and because christopher nolan quite rightly ranks imax above 3d um he rewards anybody who goes to see an imax film at the right time to get a prologue so we got eight minutes of the upcoming film tenet which looks just as mind-bendingly nuts as Inception. So that, I think, but that's just to explain, I think that kind of shows my experience. After watching eight minutes of Tenet, I'm not sure I was ready to watch Star Wars. I'm not sure if putting those two together was a was a good mix, especially with some of the audience. Yeah, there's a lot of kids going to see Star Wars, and Tenet does look. Yeah, seeing that uh, teaser has put it very highly on my uh, must-watch list. Yeah, but jarring in terms of tone to then sit down and watch a family-friendly Disney film, the last in the saga that is Star Wars. So what do we do, George? Do we talk about what we liked, what we didn't like? Do you want to give any preamble? This is very different to a usual retro ramble. I'm just kind of reaching. I just... Yeah, so I'll, I'll give a little bit of a um, scene setting. Obviously, it won't be as intense as my usual pre-production uh, ramble. So this, uh, this film is brought to us by J.J. Uh, Abrams, who was responsible for for relaunching the Star Wars franchise effectively with this new trilogy of films with The Force Awakens. Now, obviously, that film did gangbusters. Uh, I think it's still the most successful film in America. I mean, obviously, Avatar ranks worldwide, or maybe Avengers does now, but I think... The Force Awakens is still sort of uh, has a box office title of, of some sort. I think, yeah, most successful or highest grossing film in the States. But he wasn't the original director for what is, well, episode nine, what is now called the the Rise of Skywalker. Originally, the three films were going to have three different directors. So J.J. Abrams did Force Awakens. Then Ryan Johnson did the, the controversial Last Jedi. And originally, Colin Trevorrow, I think that's the way you pronounce his name, who made Billions um, relaunching Jurassic World or the Jurassic Park series, he was originally lined up to write and direct episode nine, um, but he had to leave over the, the classic creative differences. Uh, obviously, there's been uh, some uh, form of Lucasfilm uh, falling out with various directors. So um, at one point, they were due to have a, a Boba Fett film done by Josh Trank, who did uh, Chronicle and then uh, kind of torpedoed his own career with that Fantastic Four film. Then there was, we've talked about in previous Retro Ramble episodes about the whole solo movie that had uh, Lord and Miller, the guys from Lego Movie and Jump Street. They were fired quite late on in the day and were replaced with Ron Howard. So yeah, very much like the Ron Howard situation, uh, Lucasfilm brought on a safe pair of hands and brought back J.J. Abrams, who this time is writing the script with Chris Terrio, Oscar-winning Chris uh, Terrio. He wrote the Oscar-winning Argo, and he also wrote Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, that's the sort of the, the scene setting. Should we just launch into into our thoughts uh, from, from that? Well, yeah, so, I mean, I said the word safe and, and fan service, and, oh, my God, they even pulled Wedge 
out of retirement for this film. What was your feeling uh, when it got to the end? I mean, well, I think um, we both agree it looked amazing visually. Yeah, I mean, it, it is pure spectacle. Uh, as you know, you'd be worried if you were watching a Star Wars film. You were like, well, it wasn't very exciting, or it wasn't very, you know, it didn't have some good action. So it definitely delivers on that. I mean. I do think even from the opening crawl, I was rolling my eyes at the... <laughs> so much has happened. Yeah, just which is, just sort of like, the Emperor's back, and this is happening, and they're looking for this, and I'm just like, this, this, even the, the, the opening crawl could do with a few more, you know, drafts. <laughs> um, Not only that, I felt like the opening crawl could have been its own film. You could have, Netflix could have made a series out of that opening crawl. Well, well, that's it. I mean, it's a very. Um, I, I so just to give you some background, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I have seen it twice now. How dare you? I know. And when I, I saw it with my my friend James, I said, he's like, oh, what's it like? And I was like, the the, the opening half an hour is quite rushed. I was like, but it does have some, you know, it's some good good spectacle. I kept it very sort of impartial. Yeah, I'm watching it a second time. It is just, it feels like they the first half hour w- was originally an hour and they've cut a lot out of it. It's all over the place because you've got that bit where they're sort of doing, you've got Kylo Ren and then all of a sudden, oh, he's, he's found the Emperor. Why is the Emperor back? Oh, we don't know. Reasons, Sith magic, clones, who knows? Um, it was me all along. The author of your pain, 007. Well, that's sorry, it, you know. Sorry, wrong franchise. Um, Snoke's a clone for reasons. They're doing the light ski, uh, the light speed skipping, which I thought was really cool and vi- really visually engaging and really exciting. But then on hindsight, completely like, useless. Completely useless and uh, and re- kind of irrelevant to the plot. And then I thought, hang on, they've done this in Guardians of the Galaxy as well, don't they? they where they're like leaping through, you know, they're, they're jumping through light speed repeatedly. And that was a lot more visually impressive um, and creative. But yeah, there's like, it just feels like there's so much crammed into that first half hour that's completely missed. So from reading up on it, apparently that bit with Kylo Ren, where he finds finds the, the first MacGuffin, this film is full of MacGuffins and MacGuffins are oh my God. basically just things that drive the plot forward. So when he finds the, the MacGuffin that points him to the Emperor, apparently that's on... The transponder, the flight, the flight, the black box. The black box, <laughs> essentially. Um the planet is Mustafar. That's the planet that, you know, Revenge of the Sith, where the, the lava planets that yeah, Obi-Wan. Yeah. And it's also where Darth Vader has his castle, which is in Rogue One. So that's a key Star Wars location, and they don't even really touch on it. You, you just think it's any random planet because they're, yeah. so, they're so in such a rush to get to the, okay, yeah, Emperor's back, and, oh, we're all in danger. We don't really know why. And it both seems like they're both looking for the Emperor, but Kylo Ren's already found him. I don't know. It's very confusing. Yeah, I felt like those... Because obviously they dropped the Emperor in the teaser trailer, so we knew who was going to be in the film, but the fact that he... At some on point. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you just felt like he's such a big character. I Because obviously I read up on... was reading the, the movie news and everything, and J.J., was you're, I'm sure you'll get to this later, but he said, you know, people ask why you're bringing back the Emperor, and he says, well, to do another trilogy of Star Wars film, and for him not to feature after everybody else featuring would be weird. I personally think that's JJ covering his own ass, but yeah. he does have a point that there should be a link. But as soon as you put him in there, I mean, this it just there's so many. When are we are we going to do? We should. I mean, just one plot hole because I'm sure you know, must know tons. One plot hole I see is that. Um, at the end of the film, the Emperor reveals that he didn't realise there was a dyad between Rey and Kylo. But in Last Jedi, Snoke says, it was me who entwined your minds together because of the dyad. So what? the Emperor made Snoke, and Snoke knew of the dyad, but the Emperor didn't know what Snoke knew? It just, no, from watching I'd, it a second time around, I think the dyad is different from the connection that they have. But again, it's it's sort of... Reason. There's lots of exposition dialogue and sort of don't worry about that. Um, like I say, my, my favorite one is the when someone says, oh, how is the how is the emperor returned? And, um, you know, that hobbit fella from Lost, was it Do- Dominic Monaghan says, oh, well, who knows? Clones, Sith magic. And you're like, 
really that's all we're getting maybe the trees know let's let's have two hours of him talking to trees like we that's true bring in the trees no i think yeah there was i just think a real missed opportunity they could have introduced like the fact that we knew the emperor was coming i just think they could have used it very differently they could have built some tension it could have been that snoke is there's another like there's another snoke what yeah yeah then it's feel that actually Snoke is a clone and that behind the clone is the Emperor. Something like that. You know, well, like just, well, just it's, rather it, than shoehorning him in. Yeah, it's, it seems like there's more and more stuff being sort of unearthed every day but I think the, the film's editor has recently come out and like literally in the past day or so and has said, oh, we had to cut a lot of the Emperor's backstory because of pacing. And it's like we realised that we didn't need to uh, we didn't need to tell people. It's like um, I think a lot of people would beg to differ. Well, you mean the fact that he's got a granddaughter and that she's the central point of the film? Well, no, no, yeah, the whole the, the whole point of how is he returned? Uh, don't worry about that. Just go with it. <laughs> Die magic. Jedi magic. Talk about the magic. I'm, are you dead? No, I'm not dead. I'm, I'm dead until you touch me. What? And if you touch me, I'm no longer dead. And then you're dead. Yeah, I mean, there is. There's a. The, the funny thing is, there's a lot of obviously extended universe and Jedi lore and and all this stuff that you can do in games and things like that. That's out there. But yeah, this, they do seem to in this film they've just chucked in lots of things without that haven't really been present. Like so, the whole force healing thing exists in yeah other stuff, but has never been broached in the films. Um, well, it just seems to rely on it so heavily. And yeah, I do get, you know, Ryan Johnson defended himself in Last Jedi. There's a video of him, I think, showing pictures of his study at home and zooming in and then pulling out a Star Wars book and opening a page and explaining how the, you know, the, the, force the Skype, protection. the Jedi, yeah. that, that stuff and the Force protection all existed in the law. Mm. And so you can kind of accept that. I, I, I didn't actually even have a problem with the way that they were using it. I just thought it was too much. I was like, I think that was another thing I said to you walking out was safe fan service and a lot more magic. Yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot too much freaky space magic. <laughs> freaky space magic. Um, but no, but to be fair, if you review, if let's let's bring it all back to the originals, you know, four, five, and six, they did up the game from film to film because in, in A New Hope, there's very little Obi-Wan doing much. There's a start, there's a lightsaber fight and he disappears and Luke moves a few things a few inches. And then in Empire, you've got like him floating stuff. And then in Return of the Jedi, you've got electricity hand. So yeah. they were changing it in each film in the beginning. So there, 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 is, there does need to be some room for maneuver in terms of new powers. But yeah. to rely on them so heavily, I think it kind of, Diminished it just seems it. like it. Well, yeah, it also diminished the deaths. It was like, yeah. I'm alive, but I saved your life. You saved mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, but now you're dead. Yeah, I think I think um, in terms of the, it just doesn't really seem to have much of a story. And I've read several reviews that compare it to be, basically being like a video game. It's like you've got to get the thingy to pick up the thingy to get to the next level. And it was sort of like so. Yeah, Kylo Ren gets the as you say the black box. Then there new skill. Then the, you've the, opened up a new skill setting. Yeah, and then the good guys are looking for that Sith dagger, but then they have to get three POs translated it. But then they have to get him to a thing because he can't translate it. And it's like oh dear. And yeah, it just seems like there's a lot of that and. I think a, a lot of uh, another thing that sort of affected the production of this film was obviously the the passing of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Because apparently they've said that you know if Force Awakens was uh, Han's film and Last Jedi was Luke's, this was going to be Leia's. And obviously, I think they've done great work and have been quite respectful in terms of the. But, but the, obviously, the, they've recorded a lot of stuff with her. Yes. To be able to to use her the way that they have, which shows that it really was her film. Yeah, um, but but I found it a little bit distracting, in, in all honesty, knowing maybe just knowing it was all like knowing CGI'd. that the scenes had been re- reworked around existing the audio that they got from her when she was about. Yeah, I thought that. Well. Yeah, and I think as a you know as a result, they were almost like too tied to it, and, and it's let the rest of the story suffer as a result. I mean. I mean, I think, you know, th- there are some really good emotional beats amongst all the mess and the action, and there's some really good comedy beats. 
but I think yeah they're they're a little bit too much tied to to honor that and to keep that as a key plot point when they could have adapted around it yeah I think you know it sounds like we are just being totally negative about the film I refer to this film I love to use that that's whether it's in the Daily Mail or from Nuts magazine, but a rip roaring roller coaster ride in the film. But I enjoyed I enjoyed the ride. To me, this is like it's like a theme park ride. It's like I enjoyed it, and it was only afterwards. But yeah. it just fell apart. You know, it just it just there was nothing. It, it was like fun visually and, and very funny Marvel level of jokes. But then it just falls apart after you come out of the cinema. You're like, but wait a minute. Yeah, I mean, I, I sent you in a meme. It's that, you know, uh, Chernobyl thing, you know, not great, not terrible. There are some, there's some really good action throughout. The, you know, they've jettisoned a lot of the the plot points established in The Force Awakens. But the one thing they have kept on, which is the Kylo, Ren, Rey, Force Skyping, if you want to call it that, um, that's still really good. And that yeah, that, that dynamic, better this but, time. the di- dynamic between those two and Adam Driver is just really, really watchable, isn't he? Oh yeah, you watch him in anything. I, I think he's got a certain presence, and you kind of, I think they, they, to be honest, the one thing they did get right was kind of him turning, and the fact that we haven't seen that in a Star Wars film, we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen bad go to good really, because Vader, it's like the end of Return of the Jedi. You don't. See, you see him do two things sort of thing you know? yeah that's true but yeah as you, as you say there are some good comedy beats in it I really like the um, the little puppet creature guy I think he's called Babu Frick you know the guy that reprograms Thipio he's well. amazing um, and, yeah. and I was actually genuinely surprised at the how funny C-3PO was I usually can't stand him and find him really annoying I think he was very well used and yeah seeing on, on the, when they all started turning up on the talk shows he was super confident. And yes, he was doing his 3PO shtick. And he's, he's, and he's got a book to, to push as well. <laughs> but yeah, I think to be... The, the thing is, you know, we're, we're, we are picking hairs and I think there's probably some Star Wars, Star Wars fans who've hated this one. There might be one or two who enjoyed it, but we still love Star Wars. We still love everything about it. And that's why when you see 3PO, it's like, yeah, you enjoy that. It was... Um, even seeing Han come back uh, and the fact Luke is in it. We haven't even um, talked about I Lando. Just, Lando carries him and apparently his daughter is in the film. Yes. Um, right. So, so uh, yeah, apparently uh, that's why I'm saying that I think there's so much that's been left on the cutting room floor because, yeah, apparently the the girl that's helping Finn towards the end, I think she's called yeah. Jana, she is Lando's daughter. But the, the line of dialogue that hints at it also sounds like he's hitting on her because he's like, who is your mother? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, let's find out. And it's just like, is, is, is he hitting on her? Or? <laughs> do you want to get a Do you want to get a drink? But George, do you want to go halves on a bastard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but not enough space battles for me. And uh, I know that, that Yoda's voice was back, but I think they missed out not bringing him back. Um, but I mean, we, we, we're dancing around it. Should we talk about the the cut that never was? The, the, the director's cut that we're, all, that we're all hoping is going to be on the, the Blu-ray? Well, yeah. Um, well, I was just going to say, the yeah, we haven't really talked much about the the sort of the big yeah as you say the the big space battle is a little bit disappointing and you and i were joking when we walked out of it first time about palpatine's cunning plan i have a new plan it's about a planet destroying weapon with a fatal flaw it's just like dude just just try something new <laughs> i have another cunning plan okay here we go oh no <laughs> What is it now? All right, you're going to destroy... Okay, okay. Same again. Um, Same thing again. Yeah, but I mean, obviously the the new bit that you had him... He'd gone to all this trouble of developing this fleet with all these staff and all these resources that we don't know where it came from of these thousands of Star Destroyers. But then he he has this new Sith power where he can take out all the ships, and it's just like just put with him on. Yeah, just just put him on the front of a Star Destroyer. <laughs> I was thinking this is, that would be amazing. Or just like a Mercedes flying lady. Yeah, just <laughs> just flying through space, zapping people. Now that I want to see. Yeah, so it's, it's. I mean, I think that it first appeared on Reddit, but um, so yeah, take take it with a pinch of salt. But 
it appears that there's JJ filmed. Uh, there's a lot that yeah that was cut out, um, and it's rumored that he didn't have final cut of the movie. His original cut was three hours, and I think this runs at like two hours twenty. I think if you read all the Reddit, I think it actually says that he the last edit he okayed was two hours forty three. That's what he thought was going to hit cinema. So that he's actually got a cut which he was okay with being the director's cut, which is three hours. But yep. he thought the original theatrical release was going to be 243 and they shaved, as uh, you say, 23 uh, minutes. Yeah. yeah, because uh, watching it a second time around, there's, there's definitely, I say, there's definitely things that feel like they're missing. So they massively hint that what I got second times around about uh, Finn being force sensitive, like the fact that he can yeah. sense Ray, but they don't do anything with that. Obviously, yeah, there's a whole sort of Lando's daughter. There's... Um, we haven't even touched on how useless and wasted the Knights of Ren are. <laughs> and how uninspiring and how unimpressive they were. It's like, do you remember the, the, the well, of course you remember, but the, is it the Wraith, the Ring Raiders of the Lord of the Rings? Yeah, that's what they were kind of going yeah, I mean, for. No, but these guys look like, well, how did you describe it to me? Some bad cosplay. Some failed, bad cosplay. No, no, Norwegian <laughs> death metal band? <laughs> some <laughs> cheap ass cosplay, yeah. They just, they didn't look menacing and they're pretty useless. And uh, yeah, so there was Finn source sparring. Can we talk about what was supposed to happen at the end in the yeah, final yeah, app? Yeah, go for it. Because I've read the, the read the Reddit, so this is all alleged. Take this with a pinch of salt, but it makes sense. This idea that in the film you see Ray hearing with the voices of all the Jedi. Some some of them you understand. Um, but the, the, the original idea was not for her to hear the voices. It was actually for all of those actors, and Hayden Christensen has been spotted on the Disney lot, and he has been turning up, doing a bit of PR here and there. There was There is apparently footage of them all forming a semicircle around Ray. A protective so that would be circle. Ewan, yeah, Ewan, Yoda, Samuel, and Mannequin Skywalker, the Jedi, and Liam Neeson getting all of them. That would have been amazing. That would have almost been like potentially... Um, and nothing will ever compare, but potentially like a portal scene from Endgame, you know, yeah. that sort of well, yeah, feeling, that yeah. sort of nostalgia, if you like. Well, that's it, even if it was just for like a, a few seconds. And I think there was, yeah, I think JJ has been saying, oh, you know, and they obviously you're going to sort of hype it up, but saying, oh, yeah, some of the stuff you're going to see is going to blow your mind in this film. And it just never really felt that way in, in the film. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've read that there's, there's they were considering actually releasing you know like they've done with i think they did with it with avengers they released a, like a slightly longer cut or with some extra bits and they're, they're talking about doing that with with star wars but i think that's very much just um yeah fan hopes and and rumors rather i can't see as disney i was watching um rewatched uh, the last jedi recently well yeah literally like a week before we saw uh, rise of skywalker and there's very little that in terms of the special features and deleted scenes they're very scant in i think on all of them uh, on all the, the the you know the new films so it seems odd that disney would suddenly say oh yeah we're going to release a new version or a director's cut when they haven't done that with the the last two well for me it also highlights the difference there is a difference. They they obviously they've I think both Marvel and Disney benefited from each other, but Marvel do have a certain what's it? I I don't know I, I think yeah you could say well they're both Disney, but the Marvel thing handled better than Star Wars. I don't know what the, you probably got a better idea. Yeah, well the the, 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 the main thing is that Marvel have a, an, Feige or yeah yeah for, Kevin Feige has a plan, and I was lucky enough to attend a Q and A Q&A with uh, Kevin Feige a few, a few months ago on um, Avengers Endgame, and he went into detail about talking about the the storyboarding and the planning process that they would go away on these retreats and they would sort of map out story for the next five years, and he said, yeah, obviously you know things change, but key key plot points and key ideas stay in there, and you and then you sort of work around it. Whereas it seems with this new Star Wars trilogy, it has very much Lucasfilm seem to be making it up as they go along, which just doesn't. And they've tried to say, oh, well, yeah, Kylo Ren's always had an arc and this is always, yeah, this has always had a thing in terms of whose films it's going to be. But it does seem like, especially 
the fact that Ryan Johnson dropped a lot of the stuff that JJ set up in Force Awakens and JJ almost like a sort of back at you, but he has dropped a lot from the last, uh, last How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it just seems like there isn't a cohesive plan. And you thought they would have learned after Solo, a Star Wars story that you thought they would have learned the lessons. It's it's funny. I, after seeing seeing this, I'm tempted to give you know because you and I thought Solo was very meh, but I'm tempted to only give seen it, it once. Yeah. A lot of people tell me second watch you actually appreciate it for just being a good film. Yeah, so I'm I'm tempted to give it another go because at least that had you know was an attempt at a story and and was trying to do something. So I think ultimately it's good spectacle, and you know let's let's not forget these are ultimately they are kids films i know that people are trying to say oh it's ruined my childhood and stuff like that these these are you know they're designed you know to be blockbuster kids entertainment uh, as were the original star wars yeah no i've i've talked with people our age who say the same things and some of them are angry with the fact that they're just for kids and other people accept that they're just for kids yeah and i think there's still again maybe i need to sort of go back and reappraise the the prequels but i still think there's a lot more in these new in these in this latter trilogy that i probably enjoy more than you know the the george lucas cgi you know terrible dialogue and jar jar binks and love i was just gonna say the one word you don't hear very much when you're talking about the most recent trilogy is the word annoying you know the phantom menace you've got the annoying little kid and you've got jar jar binks Mm -hmm. and you or um, some what now looks kind of ropey CGI. Yeah, uh, very much so. Uh, and was really helped, but some amazing music. And we all say, you know, the pod race and the final battle kind of make that. And the first, the, the, the sort of, as each act starts, you're like, yes, this is Star Wars, man. And trade negotiations have failed. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, God. Oh, my God. So boring. Um, but yeah, I think this is the thing. I think missed feels like a bit of a missed opportunity when you look at everyone who is in this film you know when you look at the fact that it features luke skywalker it features han solo it's got an evil ray in it it's got the emperor it's got lando and and it's got you know a dark sith lord going good this is the best they could do do you know what yeah. i mean i i really, uh you all kind of want ben to turn by the end of it and it, it is like it's handled really well but I mean, it, it, he does it well. He's, he's convincing in both even, roles. Even if the the, yeah, the the plot doesn't really sort of support it. I think uh, that, you know, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, was completely underserved. I was expecting him to be in it a lot more, especially since they lost Carrie Fisher. I thought, oh, well, they'll just beef, beef up his role to be the sort of mentor to Ray and... Yeah, I mean, I don't know, is, is it worth me talking about what, what coulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda in terms of Colin, Colin uh, Trevorrow's version? Yeah, let's, let's hit it. I mean, we're not, this is a this is a present day retro. So yeah, let's give us who, who, who was considered but didn't get the job. Well, uh, yeah, so uh, Colin Tre- uh, Trevorrow, uh, I think it's, it's pronounced. Um, so, yeah, he um, started off as an indie director and then got the gig for Jurassic World and made, uh, you know, over a billion for, for sort of relaunching that. Um, so, yeah, he was brought on board, but then he did another indie film that did really badly at the box office. I think it was called Book of Henry. Um and as a result, they I think that the sort of the rumor at the time was that you know Lucasfilm got cold feet, but it's just been literally released in the past few days. His um, and it's been verified his sort of first draft of Episode Nine, which he called uh, to tie it back into the original trilogy, Duel of the Fates. It's like a, it. And it's a, from the sort of point by point summary. I mean, obviously it's a first draft, so a lot's going to change and, and it could evolve as well, but. It, on an initial look, it seems to be a lot more connected to The Last Jedi. So the First Order are trying to wipe out the last of the Resistance and suppressing all communication between the planets so they can't gather everyone together. Rose and Finn. So Rose, who was such a key character in Last Jedi and is sidelined in Rise of Skywalker, she has a much more prominent role in this. They head to Coruscant uh, to activate an old Jedi beacon, which will unite the galaxy. The Emperor makes a tiny cameo as a hologram, uh, as a sort of a message to Kylo Ren. Rey is still a nobody, so she has no links to to Palpatine. And 
Kylo stays bad throughout and is haunted by ghost Luke Skywalker. Right. And then it ends with Ray teaching new Force users. So it ends on a sort of, you know, cycle of positive. of positive. And again, like it, it teased in The Last Jedi that it wasn't just limited to the Skywalker lineage that people, you know, the Force had awoken and people were developing in the Force. So, you know, obviously The Last Jedi ends with that random kid picking, you know, Force grabbing a broom. And that would also make her story of not being connected to anybody make more sense as well. Exactly. Reinforcing, yeah, reinforcing. Um, yeah, I'd be up to George. When, when are we going to make this film? We just need to get permission from Lucasfilm. Yeah, right? it'll be fine. We need to get it'll be fine. Permission. We need to write a script. Okay. <laughs> yeah, obviously, loads of people are reading this saying, "Oh, it already sounds better than Rise of Skywalker." But as I say, you know, it's wait till Disney get their hands on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a first draft. And who, who knows? That's amazing. I mean, yeah. To be fair, just to give a bit of uh, additional background, so there's um, there's uh, quite a lot of you know film fans will know there's a guy on youtube and they have podcasts called the weekly planet but he's called mr sunday movies and he does a an in-depth breakdown of the origins and apparently there was a lot of stuff that was in the art of the force awakens of initial ideas when they were storyboarding that have ended up in this film so about the there was like going to be underwater um the death star underwater they were going to be that there's, there's like art from that and yeah they were teasing stuff like darth vader returning or the emperor being a sort of an influence but again they never seems like there was a lot of ideas that were abandoned for a for for the force awakens that have resurfaced in this almost like it's just like shit we've 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 got limited we're running out of time and we need to get this film out <laughs> what look at the old storyboards what have we got so i think that's our sort of I think I know people. Some people had issues with the Force Awakens, but I think it's safe to say that it, you know, re- reinvigorated interest in the Star Wars franchise and, and got people excited about what a Star Wars film could be. Especially after, you know, m- most people can agree that the the prequels are fairly disappointing. So yeah, it's just a shame that after that s- strong start, that it's it's kind of just gone out on a on a muted so a bit a bit of a meh it's gone out on i'd say well yeah no for me it's the weakest of the three because i like you i bought the um i think i've got it on 4k i think i was unable to get the deal that i wanted in english delivered or whatever uh, so yeah no i have the last jedi and uh watched that recently in prep for obviously going to see that and yeah just now just looking back at the three of them strong first film less strong but interesting controversially um, yeah. trying to do something different the yeah, last exactly. Jedi and then yeah. this is just like oh let's just let's just give every fan let's just make it Return of the Jedi part 2 you know it's, 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 it's almost like a you know a a sort of a, a now that's what I call Star Wars compilation of what are people <laughs> like let's just chuck it all together and, and, and hope no one will notice <laughs> Tell us about uh, Jedi Fallen Order, because this is a different style of game from the Battlefront series, which is first-person shooter, isn't it? Yeah, so as we all know, uh, anybody who games will know that Electronic Arts, which are a company that, I don't know if you remember them, George, but I remember them from the days of the Amiga. And yes, I remember it's in the game. Logo. But yeah, they... They had Battlefront, uh, which was both a first-person shooter, and that's what people are still playing a lot of today. But for me, it was all about... They gave you... There was a Starfighter game as well, so you can run about on the floor as a Stormtrooper or part of the Rebellion, or you can fly around in an X-Wing, which for me, growing up with the original films, uh, was, you know, a massive draw. And these films... Well, yeah, I mean, in the first Battlefront game, you actually get to fly the X-Wing and do the whole Death Star mission. Yeah. Yeah, The French run, which is... uh, And blow that motherfucker up. So, yeah, it's very geek wish fulfillment at work. Am I right uh, thinking you've you've put a video of that on our Retro Ramble YouTube channel, Charlie? Maybe self-plugging, but yeah... Yeah, it's very, un- you're very, uh, you never get chosen to do the bloody, to fire the bloody missile. So when you do, you're like, I think I'll upload that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Jedi Fallen Order. So I actually need to remind myself when this film is, so this game is set because 
Mandalorian has just come out, and that's after Return of the Jedi. Whereas this but is before between... The, but before The Force Awakens, whereas this is after Episode 1, but before A New Hope. Oh, no, I've got confused. So this no, is this I is after maybe... Order 66, isn't it? Correct. That's it. So this right. is after the... Yeah, this is after the end of the prequel. So it's strange in that it's... New. Some of it's retro, some of it's not new. It's basically you would have said before, oh, so this is what happens before A New Hope, whereas today you actually have to say, oh, well, this is what happens before Rogue One. And in a while, you'll probably have to insert another Disney film. The so Obi-Wan um, series? <laughs> yeah, and then probably... And Solo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very confusing. And, yeah, who knows what those... But to be fair, what's good, so what's good about Jedi um, Fallen Order is the story is very good. The characters are very well drawn, it's not force-fed. The first level is very impressive visually. And similar to what I think I would have said about, which was a PlayStation exclusive and also another Disney asset, even though it's called Marvel's uh, game, is Marvel Spider-Man PS4, um, which seemed to look at a number of games and say, yeah, let's do that, that, and that in a Spider-Man game. You know, let's do... Let's take... Because... I was, um, and I had to do some research, just to go off on a slight tangent, I had to do some research when the Spider-Man game came out to say, there must be a link here to the Arkham series. Yeah, there must the combat system like, maybe and using, stuff. Maybe they're using the same engine, maybe they're using the same developers, maybe some companies, and there's nothing. And it's like, so you basically just call, because it's, it's amazing how similar the Spider-Man game was. But anyway, once again, solid production from Disney what people what this game has done this game has decided to pick from more recent titles so even though you won't have played it you probably will have seen it this samurai game called Sekiro and then there was also uh, what was it they, they it comes from the same franchise as Dark Souls basically very difficult games that require a patient you've got to learn a lot of the moves and it's all that timing I, not really for you and me yeah you, you and I don't really have a lot of time to to put that much into games we probably did when we were younger but not too much now but so it's borrowed a lot from Sekiro and it's borrowed a lot from Uncharted so what you actually get and it's a Star Wars game and to be fair it works it works really well I think the only thing that it falls the only thing that it does incorrectly or that you could say is, is, is a negative is the fact that it's just not enough I think I don't know if you and I have said this about games in the past that we've both played. We said, yeah, but this, like, you will play an amazing first-person shooter, but then you turn around and say, yeah, but you've like got four guns in the entire game. You know, yeah. it's a little like that that they haven't bothered to go into the depth. So, is that because? Yeah. It, and this is me being cynical. And obviously, EA got into lots of hot water with Battlefront Two with the whole microtransactions yeah. and downloadable content. Do you think that's going to be another case of? Have they released extra content to tie in with uh, Rise of Skywalker or, or not? Or have they just done that on Battlefront? Because they're, they're still tuning stuff out on Battlefront, aren't they? Oh, there's a celebration edition. Of so course. you can now pay pretty much, well, it's like 50 quid. Yeah, but buy, buy the game again. Buy the game again, basically, and get the celebration edition, get a bunch of new graphics to put on top of the same engine and a different level to play in, but give us money again. Yeah. But it's the thing is, is that all the super fans, it works because all the people who, the super gamers of a certain game, if they do release DLC like that, they all, and the, the kids who've got, who've got their parents buying them for them, you know, who've got, so they know that there's going to be millions of people mm. if, if it's a hot game, will jump. And because that's where all the gamers are, and because it's multiplayer, it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I've seen the same happens with Call of Duty. It's like, I don't get the DLC, but it's when when, when I do get the actual DLC, the stuff that people have got the season pass for, for example, so they get it earlier than I do. So when I do get it, I've got to play it because it's the only way you'll get into a lobby. Yeah. So it's like, you, you very much got to go into the head. But no, just get back to Jedi Fallen Order. It's not a multiplayer game, only single player. Right. Um, so there's no microtransactions. But no, but they have, uh, in terms of what the negativity about this game, the only, people are unhappy with the combat system. Because, but what it takes from Sekiro is the fact that, yeah, you've got a lightsaber, you've got, you, you seriously outgun anybody you meet unless it's a big monster or a bat or a boss. So 
sort of thing. Yeah. But the way that they play the game is that the, the stormtroopers have bat, electric batons and they can strike you. And so it's all about timing and you've got to be very precise. Um, but the the thing is, when you when you actually when you actually do what you're supposed to do, um, there's only about three connotations of what the, the character actually does. So after a while, it gets because I see that there was a game before that was at the Force Unleashed that you, that was a bit button button smashy smashy, but still sort of it was quite cool, but it was yeah very arcadey, wasn't it? I think the similarity it shares with the Force Unleashed is that what drew you to those games from the PS2 were that oh. Star Wars on the current Platform. console generation, yeah. you know, and that's there is a there is a lot of that in this. But to be, you've got to be fair to this game; it's got a great story. Um, you know, it's about it's after Order sixty six, and without spoiling anything, the plot is very quickly revealed in the first few levels that your main character's job is to try and restart, hit the restart button for the Jedi. That's that's basically it, and okay. so you've got to go into the history. Got to go back and go back like hundreds of years before the Jedi. So it's very interesting and it's and it's very well handled. You know, whenever you get to a new level, you keep your you've got a little droid buddy with you who obviously performs certain things uh, throughout the game, and he keeps on playing holograms of a guy from ages ago, which like reveals the um, reveals the story. But one thing you've got to say that this game gets really well is the boss battles are great. The rest of the game can get a bit repetitive, like in an uncharted way. It's like Okay, I've got a. There's no stealth, by the way. <laughs> That's the only thing it's kind of missing. Um, but it's like, okay, so I've Son got to go bitch, kill these baddies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you've got to you've you've got to kill this guy and then kill this monster. But it's all about this thing that it's actually a very hard game to play in that you need to do a lot of blocking, and that if you die, you go back ages, and you've got to go back and kill all the same monsters again to get to the boss. So it's 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 because it's got that mechanic in it. It becomes addictive. You're like, I can do this. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, but there is that sort of which you play these sort of games on your phone. It becomes addictive because it seems so accessible. Well, so it's what we I guess would call playable. Um, but I enjoyed the locations you go to. So you go to Kashyyyk, you know, planet of the Chewies. And I think I said to you, and what you know, I'd been going through this game. Oh, this is not a bad story. This is not a bad story. And then one night I was playing, and uh, I just got to the level on Kashyyyk, and basically for me, it's like, so what? I've got a cat. My buddy on this level is a Wookie. Basically, and he talks to he talk. He's a Wookie, and he's talking to you throughout the level. And everything's translated, but he's not reading any of the text because you're just laughing at the fact that there's a Wookiee talking to you. It looks great. Um, it's a much more of a sort of animated feel to it than they're trying to go for the super realistic, which I think is good. Because yeah. um, there's, there's certain refresh rates on the PS4, you know, so like you'll see an image and then the image will actually appear before your very eyes. You know, it's like they, they apply layers. I don't know if you've noticed that in games. And yeah. I think that's thing that you won't see on the ps5 is the fact that you'll be watching it if you look closely there'll be an image in front of you and then it actually gets more in detailed and more layered and, and uh, oh yeah yeah i get I get what you mean sort of like rendering but, in front of your eyes you rendering buffering sort of thing yeah. which will become invisible in the next console but it shows that they're getting to the the full extent of the ps4's powers but no it there is some there's some great things in this game as i say it's a great story the combat system's cool the what you can do with the lightsaber is cool uh, how you can up, upgrade it, mod it, choose your weapons. And yeah, some of the moves are very good. Um, I think another highlight for me is you develop these abilities you remember because you've turned yourself off from the force at the beginning. But you remember these skills as you go through the game. And there's force force um, push mm-hmm. uh, for moving about, but there's force pull. And I have to say, the one bit in the game we just like... I can feel your anger is when um, you can do force pull to a stormtrooper and then just impale him onto your lightsaber. And now they're on the other side of the screen. So he's like got some, you know, big machine gun and you're just blocking everything, blocking everything. And when he goes to reload, you're like, come to me. Mm. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, but they just like, I think a lot of people have been saying about it. It's uh, the best single player. Well, it's the best single-player Star Wars game we've had for ages. And what they're basically saying is that, you know, uh, Battlefront added on a campaign in Battlefront 2, which was all right, but nothing groundbreaking. And The Force Unleashed was The Force Unleashed. Um, It was just, meh. 
you know, bash, as you say, button smashing, interesting. It was a platform game. Yeah, actually, like the, mo- the most fun because I played Force Unleashed on both PS3 and uh, Wii, and it was so can, much can fun. You have the Wii, yeah, yeah, it was so yeah. much fun on the Wii because obviously when you're doing the Force moves and stuff, you're waving your hands around. Yeah. So yeah, there was that novelty there, but yeah, it was very much a repetitive gameplay. Good, good fun for uh, you know a, a brief moment. So would you recommend? It sounds like you would recommend. Uh, I know highly, you know, and I'm uh, and I'm I've got the feel of because I'm I'm obviously on a few groups online on discussion forums and the like, talking to other gamers, and everyone kind of says the same. I've I've only read I read one scathing review of it. Who was but he was he was a big Dark Souls or so whatever it is, and so they're criticizing it, but. No, it's like yes, the combat system is better probably in these older, more geeky games. But this well, is again, a, it's, it's Star Wars. It's you know, it's it's for the masses. It has to be a bit accessible, and you know, I played it on I think Jedi Knight setting. I tried playing it because there's there's Jedi Master, and then there's a I think there's just there's a I don't know what the next level is, but I played it like on the more higher than normal, like on hard. And I had to bring it back to normal after I was halfway through because it was just taking so long. As I say, you get through. You kill like twenty guys and you get to the boss and you're done. And then you got to kill them all again. It's like, oh come on, you know. So, uh, and also it's just not it's not realistic. It's not how a Jedi operates. You know, if there's like three stormtroopers come up to you and you're still bashing away at them, like yeah. after, it's like this isn't really Star. The, you know, the the yes, you want to. I'd like a challenging game, but I also want a realistic Star Wars experience. So. Um, yeah, knocking it down to normal. You, you, you mean you want a realistic Star Wars experience with space magic? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Freaky uh, space magic. Um, no, so I would definitely recommend it just because um, it's it's good fun to play. And yeah, I'd say it's as good as it's as good as some of the recent Uncharted games in terms of story. And that's one thing I probably haven't talked very much about. When I say it's like Uncharted, there's, that's probably one of the strongest points of the game is all the climbing and the puzzles. Yeah, because you have to use your forces to do the puzzles and so a lot of the negativities have been about the combat system and about the moves you do and it's repetitive but the puzzle stuff's amazing can you imagine it's like you use force hold to slow down a fan and then you have to then you have to run and you have to use force pull to grab a bit of rope and then when you're in the air you have to do a double somersault so you have to get together all these forces together to, to solve the puzzle yeah so you, you know, and you have to open this door, you know. So, but so all of that stuff is very cool. Um, well, I'd say very playable, and it's impressive. It's inventive. It reminded me once again of um, Spider-Man, and that they took what had gone before and did different things with it. Cool. Uh, okay, highly recommend it. Uh, you should check it out. Definitely. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still behind. I was thinking. Speaking of spider-man i saw you can get the um for the lazy cheap ass people like me you can get the game of the year version which comes with all the um all the downloadable content included for like 20 quid so i might play that instead of i still haven't played arkham knight but i think i might get spider-man just to do for something a bit different i think all to be brutally honest about arkham knight you've seen the best of it in arkham city what you get in arkham knight is is the what we were talking about just earlier, the current level console yeah. graphics. Yeah. So like Arkham Knight is, is great, but the the one when they went to the city, was it Arkham? I think it is Arkham City. Yeah, it's Arkham it? City. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the, the, the second, second one. one is the, yeah. That was the best game and story. So yeah, I think go for Spider-Man. I mean, there's some moments, you know, in Spider-Man, it was so, such a good game. There was so much freedom. You know, you're you're having a boss battle in the middle and you can you can just fuck off. You can go around the buildings, you can go up on top and you can come back from a different angle and, and, and you totally snuck up on the boss. You know, it's not like in some games, it's like you have to play it this yeah, way. you're locked in, yeah. So much, yeah, and it was like, you know all those moves you've been practicing on the last few levels. Well, yeah, you can do them all on this boss and they all take... So yeah, and uh, it had the humor... And yeah, I think the same goes for you. Like Batman, Spider-Man will always have a special place. You know, it's mm. a good story. It, it, it's a good, it's a good, it's in New York. And that's, it's why they've gone to, they've replicated that with the, the force, you know, sorry, not the force and these, the, uh, with Jedi Fallen Order, they've, they've taken these, get these, these game models. So whether it's Sekiro, Uncharted, and they've, they've made it work. So yeah, definitely check it out. But as it, as it has become the norm with PlayStation games, um, if you've, 
want to put your money elsewhere, just do it because you'll get it eventually at a really good price. Yeah. Um, and just on that, just on that point, have you? I don't know if you've seen any of the games that are going in the uh, the January sale on PlayStation, but it's ridiculous. I've I've just got Fallout Four uh, for sixteen quid. So I and I got all the. The DLC with that. Now, this game came out in 2015. So, yeah, check out the January sale. Okay. Um, Want to get. So, or as I say, that was my final word on Jedi Fallen Order. It's a great game, but if you haven't bought it already, if you haven't bought it by now, then just you're not as into it. You would have yeah. bought it on pre order. Uh, just, just wait for it to come down a bit because mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely worth a shot. Okay. Well, uh, in terms of, I mean, we've, we've been chatting for a while. Just rounding out in terms of what's next for the Star Wars uh, saga. So apparently even before Rise of Skywalker's release, and I think following Solo's disappointing box office figures, Disney uh, boss Bob Iger said that the movies are going to go into hiatus for a few years. Um, so that leaves TV as as a new hope, uh, to to use a pun. So yeah, obviously we have The Mandalorian coming to UK shores that has been very well reviewed um, and people are saying it's a lot of fun. They've also renou- uh, announced a, an Obi-Wan series with Ewan McGregor, which uh, you and I are both happy about, aren't we? Just more Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, please. Uh, I don't care what film or format that is. Uh, uh, yeah, just... Um I think that, that was one person I just I was really hoping was going to turn up. I don't know in what capacity, but um, just Ewan McGregor playing Obi Wan Kenobi nine seasons. I'm in. Yeah, um, <laughs> but apparently there are still nice. some there are still some films on the horizon. So Kevin Feige is is doing something. So Marvel's you know um, head honcho. Oh, he is um, apparently playing around with some ideas for a Star Wars film. And even though he's been lambasted, uh, Ryan Johnson, him of uh, The Last Jedi... Um, is he picking up the next the next trilogy? Well, he's doing a, a new trilogy that's unrelated to the Star Wars... The, sorry, the Skywalker uh, saga. But apparently everyone thought after the reception of Last Jedi that was going to be shelved but um, he said recently whilst he's doing the the PR for his film Knives Out he said it's still on the table and he's still talking to Lucasfilm but they haven't announced anything on their slate yet so it's apparently still very much uh, alive but um, time will tell so yeah I I think that's it in terms of our exhaustive uh, Star Wars roundup when we officially get Disney Plus in the UK, we might take a look back at uh, The Mandalorian. So definitely check out Jedi Order, Rise of Skywalker. Not so much. No, <laughs> no it, was, it was fun. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. If you're a Star Wars fan, you will have seen it by now. Yeah. So, so. we will be back very shortly. We've just released Bad Boys and we're going to be covering Mortal Kombat. Yes, at, at some point soon. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. And uh, as per usual, you know, keep the, the comments, the suggestions, the likes, the shares and uh, the, the reviews on iTunes. They're, they're very important to us. And uh, thank you for all your, your support to the listeners out there. Yeah, and keep these suggestions coming in for any new features uh, you would like to see in 2020. As you can tell, you know, we've made part of this episode focusing on purely on a game and I think we'd like to do more of that when I'd like to do more of that and George is almost ready to give in but there is a lot of tie-ins between movie properties and when they come up and we know a lot of you who like these sort of films also like your games so we'll keep it short or we might just make it an add-on feature so it's at the very end and it doesn't doesn't get in the way of the other stuff that we cover but I think that's everything is there anything else you want to add George? No no I'm done Okay, and so uh, until next time, I've been Charlie McGee. I've been Jordan. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.